This is David Alexander, head coach at the Broken Arrow Tigers. You're listening to Inside Tiger Football, presented by Rib Crib. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Inside Tiger Football, presented by Rib Crib, alongside the head coach of the Broken Arrow Tigers, David Alexander. I'm Charlie Hanema. Coach, a bye week this week, coming off a tough game yeah. to Owasso. Um, close the books on non-district play. Just right. big picture, first of all, how do you guys approach a bye week? I know this is still kind of a relatively new thing for high school football. Yeah, we think we've got a pretty good plan. We've, we've, we've used it the last three years. Um, so what we did, we took, we took the weekend, and we didn't do as much on Saturday as we usually do after a game. We saved that for Monday. So on Monday, we had a really good lift, a really good run, um, got a really good sweat. Uh, try to get all the soreness out, watch the game film from Owasso and, and bury that. And we'll have a really long practice on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll, when I say long, it's probably 20 minutes n- longer than what our normal uh, Tuesday practice would be. But it's going to be that we're going to have the same practice for three days. On Thursday, after Thursday's practice, what we uh, do is uh, we load the kids up on some buses. Uh, we take them around to all the BAYFA, or as many as the BAYFA practices we can hit. Uh, you know, we go over to Neenheis Park, and there's, I don't know, there's 12 or 13 teams practicing over there. We can, hit, we can hit a whole bunch of them right there. And just walk around, pat the kids on the head, you know, shake the coaches' hands, you know, play catch with them, have a lot of fun. And I, our kids, our kids, the big kids, I think they enjoy it as much or probably more than the little ones. And so, and then on Friday – We'll take the pads off. We probably won't practice very much, but we'll, uh, we'll send him with Coach Ellett, strength coach, and he'll simulate a game. We want him to stay in that, you know, um, that mode of you get your legs really tired on a Friday and then, you know, recover Saturday, Sunday, kind of stay in that mode. Uh, and, then, and then we'll be back, you know, on Saturday, back into our game week routine. I want to ask you specifically about that visiting the youth football practices because you've, you've said the phrase before, so-and-so grew up wanting to be a Broken Arrow Tiger. Right. That was a big deal sure. for them. And you always talked about needing a senior class to kind of turn the tide, like last year with the championship team. And so right. just take me through how important that is to start those relationships early with, with you know, third graders or fifth graders or whatever. Well, it's, you know, we can all, if you played sports, any sport, you know, you can remember when you were little watching the, you know, your mom and dad or somebody taking you to a high school football game or a basketball game and, seeing those guys, and they seem bigger than life. And then when, you know, when the high school kids get out there with the little ones, right, now it kind of, it, it just kind of brings the community together, and it shows them that, you know, our, you know, Andrew Rame is not bigger than life. I know he's huge, but he's, a, he's just a big kid. He wants to play catch with you and, and have some fun, and um, I think it's fantastic. I think it's great for everybody. And, you know, like I said, I think our kids enjoy it more. I think the, the little ones, every year, they seem a little bit awestruck at first. But our kids, they can remember being a third or fourth or fifth grade football player and what it was like and because they're out there practicing on grass and the smell of the grass because we don't do that anymore. And, and being out there with the moms and dads in lawn chairs and, and you know, having a, a sweet tea from a quick trip or, and watching football practice and their moms and dads sitting around. So I, I think our kids – get a bigger rush of emotion than the little ones do health wise i know bye weeks can be good to to rest up and yeah. recover you've had a couple of guys banged up a couple of kind of nagging injuries yeah. more more so than maybe 
you know, major injuries, which right. which is good in a sense, but still something you have sure. to deal with. Yeah, we've got more guys hurt than injured, right? We've got guys that are hurt and, and it's affecting their play. You know, Miles Slusher's been in and out of all three games we've played. Um, you know, he he missed the last three quarters of the Owasso game. Um, you know, Bryce Machoda's been banged up. You know, he was he's he's just now trying to get into shape, you know, because he missed almost all of fall I say fall, the August practice, he missed almost all of those. And, and of course, the first football game. And then he played about half of the Union game, maybe a, maybe a few snaps more than half. And Kiwan Tolbert, you know, he sprained his ankle the third day of practice. And, you know, he's still not been able to plant and cut enough where he could play corner for us. You know, we used him um, more than we probably should have. And the Wasso is a running back. Um, so he's not going to practice any this week. You know, so, you know, a bunch of our seniors that have got all this playing experience are, you know, nicked up and not playing or not practicing very much, you know, and Zeno, Zeno's got a, a shoulder. He's probably not going to practice a whole lot this week, and which is a shame. We really need to get some stuff done. But, you know, being healthy going into district play is more important. Absolutely. Tigers on a bye week this week, two weeks from, uh, well, a week and a half from now, I guess, September 27th, Broken Arrow will travel to Jinx, a 7.30 kickoff at Allen Trimble Stadium, the Trojans are just one and two on the season, which still sounds weird to even say, right. but uh, they are. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show, but uh, we'll take a timeout here on Inside Tiger Football presented by Rib Crib Coach Alexander, and I will look back at the Folds of Honor Patriot Bowl against Owasso after this. Welcome back to Inside Tiger Football presented by Rib Crib. Charlie Hanema and Coach Alexander with you here on The Animal and on our podcast network. Looking back at a 42 42- 19 loss in the Folds of Honor Patriot Bowl driven by Jim Glover Auto Family. Coach, obviously a loss is, is disappointing sure. for anybody, but it says something about the culture of this program when it was 664 days from the last loss. <laughs> right. And so sometimes it just kind of – obviously this one was painful, but it shows sure. you just how far the needle has moved for Broken Arrow to where a game like this hurts – as bad as it does, if that makes sense. Well, of course it does. And I, and I didn't sleep. You know, I don't think I slept much the whole weekend thinking about it. Um, you know, because, you know, we lost the football game. And we lost the football game. We weren't sharp. You know, we made silly mistakes. Um, you know, and so I kind of comforted myself on Sunday uh, watching some Nick Saban press conferences, you know, talking about, you know, eating the rat poison, and you know, and maybe we did a little bit of that. Maybe, maybe we got a little high on ourselves. Um, and so we're, you know, as coaches do, we spin everything, and we're spinning into a positive. You know, as far as the kids, hey, we've we've got to go to work, right? Um, the goal this season is to win a championship and put ourselves in the cha- you know in a position or put ourselves in a position to win a championship. And going three and zero in non district was not part of that goal. Now. On every Friday night, you want to, you're going to go out. And you you feel like you should win that football game. That's the kind of team we have, and so the 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 night left a very bitter taste in everybody's mouth. Um, but we've got a really good football team, and if uh, Coach Alexander can can uh, you know do a better job and get everybody going in the right direction, you know we're we're going to go compete for a district championship, and then and then give ourselves a number one seed going in the playoffs. Let's look into it a little bit deeper. The opening drive was great. Ten plays, 55 yards. You kind of marched down the field. Typical broken arrow opening drive. Mitchell Banning finishes it off with a one-yard touchdown run there. And then um, defense was strong. I guess what was working so well on the first drive? 
Well, you know, everything everything worked offensively in the first drives it did in the rest of the game. We were able to run the football just about when we wanted to. Um, but, you know, we just – again, this game was a lot like the Union first half in the sense of uh, a very untimely penalty, you know, or a running back missing a hole, um, you know, a, a fumble. You know, Kiwan Tolbert on the second drive, we're driving right down the field. We're at the t- inside the 20-yard line and – you know, Kiwan Tolbert, who hadn't played any really as a tailback until this game, you know, has a fumble without getting hit. I mean, no one from Owasso touched him, and he ran into the back of one of our guards and and fumbled the football. And he's already nine yards downfield. He's probably going to go for another ten or fifteen if he doesn't fumble. And that kind of shifted the tide. Owasso felt pretty good about themselves, you know. And then the same thing, you know, we had the we. Just it's just a you know a one mistake here and a one mistake there, and that's that's the team that's that's a team that is trying too hard. You know, we have players that are trying to do two and three guys' jobs instead of doing their own job, and they have to know that if you'll just everybody just do their job on every play, we'll be fine. Held tough after the first fumble, forced a three and out, got it back, and then another fumble and that one was more trouble because it also recovers on the three and then right. you're in a tough spot there. Yeah. Yeah. You're a, the defense can't stop them right there. Right. Because the, all the momentum, all the enthusiasm is uh, on a Wasso side. Um, and you know, they punched in for a tying score. Special teams though. Um, Tyler Crawford, great game punting and the, and the punt coverage, especially because you pinned him deep there at, at the six. And unfortunately, a yeah. went 94 yards and 13 plays to take the lead. But but uh, Crawford had a few inside the inside probably the seven or eight yard line. Yeah, very talented kid. You know the uh, and he's he's been a weapon for us. Kicked the ball in the end zone most of the time. Um, the the drive the ninety four yard drive obviously is is very disappointing for for uh, Coach Hill and the defensive staff. And that's a little bit where I talk about you know uh, eating the rat poison as Nick Saban says. You know we. We couldn't get off the field on third down. We were, you know, we would we had guys that were getting out of their gaps because they would think, you know, and they were coming to the sidelines. Well, I thought I saw, and I think I was going to do this, and you know, like no man, just just you know, if if Coach Alexander or Coach Hill calls a bad play, you know, it's on Coach Hill or Coach Alexander, you know. But when you are out of your gap or you're not in the right coverage because you think you you're going to try to make a big play doing this, you know, then it's on the defense and. Uh, you know, it's really you know let the coaches let the coaches take the heat let the coaches because um, that's why that's why we're here. So with all that that went sideways in the first half, you still go into half tied after that Keon Barnett punt block and and right. Ballard falls onto the end zone for a touchdown to make it fourteen fourteen at the half. And you had to think going into half, it was kind of like the Union game where you weren't playing great, but you're tied. Right, of course, yeah, that's exactly. What we think we're going to go out. We're going to you know. Um, go win the football game in the second half. That's exactly what we've done. Um, and, again, you know, we go right out and we make mistakes. And, you know, mistakes against a good football team. And we knew going in, Owasso was a really good football team. And if you made a mistake, right, they were going to be too good to capitalize. Uh, you know, they were going to be too good and they were going to capitalize on it, you know. And and uh, now we went into halftime and Miles Slusher's over there in a boot and Kiwan Tolbert's getting – uh, his ankle rewrapped, and you know, uh, Andrew Rames getting his ankle wrapped, and we're looking around, and you know, our leadership's all kind of banged up, and um, I think that's where some of our younger guys were like, "Holy cow! If those guys, you know, those guys are hurt, it, you know, 
we just couldn't could not ever get any momentum going. It's a good point because Broken Arrow is normally a, a very strong third quarter team. You know, right. outscored opponents one twenty four to nineteen in the third quarter last year, and, and yep. twenty eight nothing. This you year. know, the second halves have been all BA this right. year, and so to see how it went, you know, I think that was surprising Shocking. for Tiger right. fans because yes. normally it's hey, if we can just make it to halftime. Obviously, you want to be winning all the time, but right. if you make it to halftime, hey, Broken Arrow's right. going to figure this thing out. Yeah, and then, well, we're always, you know, we, we consider ourselves to be in much better condition than everybody we play. Right. You know? Yeah, wear them down over time, and, right. and eventually they just throw in the towel, and, right. and you're good. Second half, we just got off to a weird start. You know, they hit the up back with the snap on the punt. He just right. kind of jumped in front of it, and uh, you get the ball deep in their territory, and, and – uh, and we don't do anything get, with it. Don't yeah. do anything with it except for a field goal. Right. So. You know, we get, the, we get the field goal, right? And then, you know, we get the ball back without them scoring. And we, we start a little drive, and it looks like, okay, we're going to go up 10 here, right? And things are going to go the right way. And then, bang, you know. Um, you know, we couldn't get anything. We weren't, you know, we, our, our, our quarterback was a little shaken up early in the game. Uh, big, huge hit on, on their sidelines. And after that, you know, he was – he had a tough time letting the football, football go. And, you know, if we – when we weren't able to run it as well or when we would make a mistake and put ourselves behind the chains, we couldn't overcome it. Did it – what did you think of the uh, the receiver battle against DeWasso's D-backs? Because just watching it the, live, it didn't feel like there were a ton of guys open that – it seemed maybe maybe there's a little yeah. bit of of column A and column B with Jake scrambling and trying to find somebody. It just didn't look like there were easy options for him. No, there weren't easy options, but there were options. You know, Jake struggled, uh, and as as poised he'd be he'd been in the first two games, I think that this game he was not near as poised. He didn't stay there in the pocket like you saw him do against Union and and throw the ball and take a hit, or like you saw against Mansfield, just really step up and put a strong throw on it. Um, and that's, you know, when you have an a, a untested quarterback, you know, I say untested, you know, first-year starter, seeing new things. You know, we were getting – and I told you before the pregame, Charlie, you know, we were going to see more blitz out of Owasso than we'd seen the first two games combined. And I think the blitz coming, and he was his un, since he had never seen it in live action, he was unsure what the protection was going to be and if it was going to get picked up or not. And his eyes got in the wrong place looking at the rush – you know, and then by the time he'd look up, you know, he couldn't find his receivers, and it just kind of snowballed on him. I know he's a tough kid, and he's kind of got that moxie, but is this one of those points where you have to have that conversation and say, hey, like, you got to get out of bounds yeah, because there are a couple take... of those hits on scrambles that he probably didn't need to take, especially at that point in the game in the first but, half. Yeah, he doesn't need to take those hits. He can't take those hits. Um, he's tough, and he's got moxie, but he still only weighs 172 pounds. I mean, he's not a big human being. Uh and if a defensive guy is going to take get a free shot at you, they're going to they're going to unload with everything they can, right? Because you know if you can get to the second quarterback or the third quarterback, you're going to win the football game every single time. So yeah, just hit, saw that on Monday Night Football last right, night. Right, you can't you can't take that hit. And you know I I know he wants to be a leader, and I know he thinks you know running with the football and lowering your shoulder it shows some toughness to your teammates and, and leadership and it, and, and Hey, great. But also we need you on the field for every football game. Well, you said it after the union game, this was not for the state championship. Right. And same thing applies after the Owasso game. We knew that really barring some sort of major chaos, we would see union and Owasso again in the playoffs. And so, right. It's almost like, well, from an outsider's perspective and, and, and from just the up top 10,000 foot view, 
almost wasn't like an accurate assessment of how good both teams are just because of how Broken Arrow played. Sure. Well, I we did some things, you know, offense, offensively is what you all, you see. You see the turnovers and you see the, the penalties. But it was really defensively where we were so out of character, you know, not getting off the field on third downs, giving up a 94-yard drive. That was the, where we were most out of character. Um, you know, and uh, – you know, and they're we, good. I mean, it's not like this was no, against a yeah, nobody team. Yeah, I'm not trying to uh, say that yeah, at all. Three, yeah, they're three yeah. and zero, and but you know, Union's uh, one and two, and Jinx is one and two, and you know, we're going to have to. All four of us are going to be down in week 11, 12, and thirteen. You know, seeing who got better and see who got healthy and see who's playing the best right there. Uh, I know there's some teams over on the west side that you know are going to try to shake that apple cart up, but you know, we have to look at it as, hey. We're as, we're as good or the best team in the state, and if we can get healthy and, and sharpen up, you know, we're, we're going to be right there uh, in around Thanksgiving time. Absolutely. Coach Alexander and I will take a time out here. We'll be back with our player segment, senior offensive lineman Ryan Chapman. This is Inside Tiger Football presented by Rib Crib. Welcome back to Inside Tiger Football presented by Rib Crib. Time now for our player segment. Charlie Hanneman and Coach Alexander joined by Ryan Chapman, senior offensive lineman for the Tigers. And, Ryan, thanks for being here. Just um, kind of take me through how you approach a bye week because still a relatively new thing in high school football to have a week without a game. Just how do you approach that? Uh, I feel like it's the perfect time to get better as a team and to really focus on how we can get better and how we can basically become more of a brotherhood. And a bye week is not necessarily a bye week. We don't have a team to play. We have ourselves to improve on and our biggest battle of this week is ourselves we have to fix all the ins and outs of what we did wrong and how we can get better and go from there coach that's a pretty good approach from a senior that's a great right that's a great answer right that's that's what you said it's what you're hoping to hear as a coach from a senior offensive lineman hey let's let's focus on the broken air tigers and uh, make improvements well, uh, just kind of tell me a little bit about Ryan coming in at right guard between yeah. uh, Trevor moving him over and Raheem there. Obviously, that's an important spot there on that right side of the line. Well, you, you mean you look at Ryan, right? Obviously, the first thing you see is a you know he's six three, three hundred pound man, and um, you know we need his big body, and he's played. He's probably playing uh, as well as anybody's played in, in several years on the offensive line. He's big and he's he's mobile. And yeah, you put him and Raym and Burke next to each other, that's, you know, 900 pounds of man right there. And so, you know, we, when, we, when those guys come rolling off the football and their eyes in the right spot, um, there's nobody in high school football that can hang in there with those three guys. What's it like for you, Ryan, playing in between guys that have some starting experience? Is that, does that help when you try to adjust to a new spot? Yeah, it helps a lot better adjusting from the other side of the ball. You have – I think seven years of experience there helping you with your first year because first year starting, it's more complicated than it seems. We all want to start, but there's a lot more to it than you know. And having that seven years of experience in the game helping you moment by moment just makes it feel a whole lot easier. Take us kind of inside a little bit on uh, just – the offensive system that Broken Arrow has and Coach Harper's schemes. I know, obviously, when you have an offensive line coach that played you know, Division One football and, the, you know, the son of a of a legendary head coach and then your head coach played offensive line in the NFL, I mean, things are going to be a little more advanced probably than 
yeah. in some schools. So just kind of tell me what that learning curve is like and trying to, to understand everything that you guys are doing. It's They make it really simple for us. Like It's a lot of complicated schemes and a lot of complicated things to comprehend, but Coach Harper does a brilliant job of putting everything on canvas and on our huddle so that we can understand what we're doing wrong and how we can fix that. And they really talk us through and take it moment by moment instead of the whole grand scheme of things. Coach, as a former lineman yourself, I mean, I know every coach has got favorite players or favorite position groups depending on the team. Sure. But there's got to be some some pride deep down for you (laughs) seeing such a physical and dominant offensive line as B.A.'s had the past couple seasons. Yeah, uh, of course it does, man. I mean, uh, you know, your offensive line, they're they're a group uh, unlike any other – uh, position group on the football field you know they they all hang together right it's the only position in any sport right where they're it's a good thing when their back is to the ball right they don't ever see where the football is at right unless they're chasing it down toward the toward the end zone so they, they have to play with their back to the football and so they have to trust each other because they can't see where the run back's going can see where the quarterback's at so they have to trust all the line they have to be in sync right Elephants on parade, all those kind of cliches you hear offensive linemen talking or offensive line coaches talking about, you know, offensive, um, you know, big elephants dancing and all that stuff. And it, it is. It's a choreographed um, violence. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Ryan Chapman is our guest in our player segment, senior offensive lineman. Just kind of take me through as you go through this bye week and now you start district play. Where do you think you still have the most room to improve? I feel like we still have the most room to improve in – the whole grand scheme of things, really, I mean, we are technically a first-year line as all of us are now together, and we have a lot more trust to build and a lot more uh, belief in each other to have. And all of us are slowly picking up on that whole trusting and working together aspect of things, but now it's just time to tie the knot and get it all cleaned up. Very cool. Ryan Chapman, senior right guard for the Tigers, is our guest on Inside Tiger Football, presented by Rib Crib. He'll get $25 to Rib Crib for appearing on the show. Ryan, thanks for being here. Enjoy your bye week. Rest up a little bit, and we'll talk to you next week as Broken Arrow gets ready for Jenks. Sweet. Good job. Good job, Ryan. That's Ryan Chapman on Inside Tiger Football, presented by Rib Crib. Coach Alexander and I will be back with more after this. You're listening to Broken Arrow Football. Welcome back to Inside Tiger Football, presented by Rib Crib. Charlie Hanema and Coach David Alexander here as it's bye week for Broken Arrow. Tigers back in action on September 27th, 7.30 kickoff at Allen Trimble Stadium. Broken Arrow taking on the Jinx Trojans. Jinx 1-2 and two on the year. Beat Mansfield Legacy 38-0 in the season opener and then lost 57-7 to Bixby and 35-20 to Union in the Backyard Bowl last week. Coach, I know you've started looking at Jinx, oh, obviously. Sure. Yep. Uh, what do you see from them this year? Well, what you see is a team that plays extremely hard. Uh, I mean, they they are all over the football field. They are um, a team really without a superstar at the moment, right? They've always had that superstar kid, one or two or three of them around. And right now, they're they're a team that's um, they are effort driven, uh, work extremely hard, um, but they're they're without the one guy, the one bell cow. Uh, I, now, now me saying that their guy that they're kind of leaning on right now is a guy named Will Cox. He's a who's a running back, safety, young man who's a super 
super, super football player, tough kid. Uh, you, you know, last week against Union, they came out and they were in Wildcat, and he was the quarterback, and they stuck with it the whole game. And they surprised Union with it in the first half and uh, moved the ball really up and down the field and got a lead at halftime against Union. Uh, now, Union made some adjustments and uh, kind of slowed – not kind of – slowed them down quite a bit there in the second half. But, you know, and, and that's, a, that's a great job by Jinx's coaching staff. Okay, if you're, you know, if you're without a superstar, right, let's find our best player – Right, the guy that we trust the most, and put the ball in his hands. And boy, in the first half against Union, he made a lot of great decisions. A lot of Tiger fans have asked this question about the district schedule. With you know, you've got the three tough games, and right. then obviously, it seems like the past few cycles, Jinx has been right up there at the beginning. Yes. Can you shed some light on how the district schedules come about? Because obviously, um, it's not as it's not no. it, it's not as advanced of a theory no, as you might not, think it is. Yeah, there's no it's it's really rudimentary. Uh, surprise, I mean. Really, all we do is we draw, you draw a schedule out of a hat. I mean, all the district coaches are sitting around a table. You draw a schedule out of a hat, and it says, and I draw a schedule out, and it says, it says schedule three, right? And it says, week one, it says three versus four at home. You know, and then it's three versus six away, right? And then you find out, okay, who's, who's got schedule four, right? And you just fill in the blanks. It's, it's, it's as basic as it gets, and uh, I don't think anybody – uh, matter of fact, uh, we played Owasso again Monday night in JV. He's talking to Coach Blankenship. No one's excited that we turn right around because Owasso and Union play the same sure. the same week as we played Jinx. No one's excited about that. But, you know, the schedule comes out. The game is going to kick off at 730 over there, and we're going to show up. And so, you know, it just is what it is. Yeah. That helps clear it up for some fans that were wondering sure. because it, it, it is kind of interesting that – you know, Broken Arrow and Jinx is district game one, and Owasso and Union over there is district game one, and it's kind right. of like, how come these are on the same night, and why right. are they first? And, and there's really no subterfuge. It's right. just Coach A drew it out of a hat. Right, and the weird thing is, right, um, their district, district two, they were sitting at another table and doing the same thing, drawing the names out of a hat. Right. And so uh, it must be, is it a Union at home? I think so. Okay, I think it is too. I think it's Union home. So Union and Jinx drew the same schedule right. out of a hat. And us and Owasso drew the same schedule out of a hat. I mean, it's just, you know, uh, luck of the draw or unluck of the draw or however you want to phrase it. But, uh, yeah, it, it would be nice for the, the casual fan that wasn't tied to a team if our union game and the Owasso union game were on different weekends. Or, but Our jinx game, right. right yeah. Our, yeah, our yeah. jinx game and their, the Owasso union game were on different weekends. You guys need some backroom trading in that coaches meeting. Well, so I, schedule <laughs> three, no, I had six. Here, yeah, you, here, you take this. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, so we'll, let's just run through it real quickly. And it's it's Norman back at home, and then it's at Westmore, Edmond Santa Fe, at UConn come here, Evan Memorial, and then at Enid. Obviously, first things first, you've got Jinx coming up after the bye right. week. But big picture as you kind of follow the uh, the scene around the state, I know your coaches right. and, and you've got friends of everywhere. Course. Just kind of what jumps out at you as you look at this district race? Well, you know, the next best team, uh, according to, you know, schedules and what's happened and uh, media talk on the west side of the state is that Norman's the best team on the west side. Uh, you know, Mustang's having a nice little start to the season, but everybody talks about Norman. Uh, their quarterback from last year's back. Uh, he is committed to Oklahoma to play baseball, obviously. So that makes him, obviously, he's going to be a fantastic athlete. Uh, they've got a big offensive lineman that is committed to SMU, I believe. Uh, he was on the cover of the Vite magazine with Andrew, right, the East-West Big Lineman Showdown. So he's a good football player. So, that you know, they're, Norman is going to be uh, an improved, improved football team. 
All right, Coach Alexander, thanks for the time as always. Enjoy uh, a week off with no game to heal up and, and go right. visit some of those youth football practices, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. All right, thanks, Charlie. We will. For David Alexander, this is Charlie Hanema saying good night from Broken Arrow, and thank you for listening to Inside Tiger Football presented by Rib Crib. To listen back to today's episode of Inside Tiger Football presented by Rib Crib or to listen to previous episodes, podcast us on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Just search Broken Arrow Public Schools. <laughs>